When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're as cold as ice You're willing to sacrifice our love Hello everyone, welcome to the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. I'm your host Joey DiMeglio and the Rangers have returned from the All-Star break and bye week looking strong and well rested as they rattled off two straight at MSG against the Avalanche and Lightning. Both of those were very exciting games. Joining me today talk about those two wins and the goalie situation is Anthony Pusick from 98.7 ESPN New York and Don LaGreca's podcast, The Game is Conduct. Anthony, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Joey, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I've been a fan of uh, the Michael K show and the radio and the 98.7 since 1945. Um, <laughs> <laughs> long time, um, but, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I go way back to like before um, when I was in like high school, I used to listen to you guys. Um, how long have you been working at, at the station? Cause you're, you're pretty new to every, everything. I knew, I know Andrew used to be like the producer of the show and now yep. you produce the Michael K show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Andrew is, uh, Andrew has left and uh, I'm, I produce now for now, it seems like two years, which is pretty okay. crazy. But uh, I, uh, I've been with, ESPN for let's see I got out of college in 2016 I was at ABC for a year and a half then after that I jumped right to ESPN 98.7 so I've been there probably probably since like 2018 ironically enough we're actually uh 2018 interesting year this is the uh, anniversary day of the letter that the Rangers put out so interesting that we're doing the podcast on a day like today um but yeah since 2018 so it's a it's been about six seven years here at 98.7 and about two years on the K show Awesome. Awesome. Did uh, Justin Craig hire you? Was he the one that hired you? No, I do know Justin, though. Justin's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he's a Bonaventure alum. Um, well, listen, I'm, going, that... I'm going there right now. I'm actually going to graduate in a couple weeks um, for my master's in sports journalism. So I met him. He was like in my first class. He was uh, one of the people that we got to spoke to in our master class. So I made a nice connection with him there. Well, all the best to you, but go Rams. Oh, you know, we're, Michael and I are Fordham guys, so you know how that you know how that goes. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been a Rangers fan, though? Because I I know you I know you uh you are like you talk about the Rangers like whenever you get the opportunity, but I mean mm-hmm. hockey is not talked about too often on the K show or on the radio, um, just because it's not as popular as like the other sports. But how long well, have I- you been following the team? Well, I would say this. Um, I think our show, the K show, does a great job. One of the best, and our station does a great job with guys like Rick DiPietro and Alan Hahn. Uh, we have the best hockey group uh, of the New York sports uh, radio stations, in my opinion. Uh, and I'd love to talk about it more. And you know, when the playoffs come, we'll definitely be all over it. We were at the NHL store a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, we're at the actually the show's out at UBS today for Islanders Lightning. Um, so our relationships with the Rangers and Islanders are really strong there. But uh, as far as being a fan. Uh, I'd say since birth, but we all know that, that that's not exactly right. But I can remember for as long as long as I know, I've, I must have watched the Rangers 94 Cup video 
no less than 200 times when right. I was a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I, and unfortunately I, I am the unfortunate 94 baby to say I was never alive for a cup. The Rangers won in June. I was born in August. So I still have not seen a Ranger Stanley cup. And uh, even if I wasn't conscious for it, I still haven't been alive for one. So, um, I've been a Rangers fan for as long as I can remember. It's been hockey has been my favorite sport for as long as I can remember. Um, I was fortunate when I was at Fordham to cover the team uh, for a year. I covered them and covered game seven against the lightning that they lost in painful fashion with McDonough's broken foot and oh, yeah. the offense just not being there for them in that, in that moment. And uh, another depressing loss for Hank. Um, I've been through a lot uh, as a fan. And then of course, now as a professional with this team and, uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, I love, I love hockey. I think it's a really exciting sport and I'm really excited that ESPN is a part of uh, the NHL again, because I think it's good for just exposure in general. Um, and I think we do a great job of promoting the sport. Um, and hopefully uh, with the the continued partnership with uh, ESPN, we'll, uh, we'll see a lot more hockey on the mm -hmm. airwaves. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, that that's awesome that you you brought up like uh, DiPietro, Alan Hahn, all those guys. Scott Seidenberg too. Whenever he he shows up on the on the radio to fill in for people, he talks about hockey. I remember he was talking about that Hurricane series a couple years ago when the Rangers made their conference finals run. You know a lot of people, Joey. Got Scott I'm, Seidenberg's name on there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've been a fan since 1945. You thought I was joking? <laughs> no, that's a, that is that is that is uh that is that is down the down is down the list. That is quite the roster. So yeah, that, that's a, you're a huge fan. Yeah, love yeah. It. Uh, I loved all of Don's rants. Like I quote them like like I'm watching a movie. I love those things. Oh, wow. did, did he ever get his cough button? By the way, I know he was he was complaining about that. What was it? Uh, we are working on it. We are working. On it. We are working on getting him the cough button. Yeah, we had awesome. a lot of yeah. a lot of old equipment that we uh, that we got to switch out. Mm -hmm. Pandemic was a bit was a busy time for us for sure. Yeah. So you so he calls he does the show from home too, right? Like he he doesn't have to come into the studio anymore. Yeah, we do. Uh, we we have the benefit of thankfully, yes, has been kind enough to send over enough equipment for the guys to be able to simulcast the show uh, just as well at home uh, as they do here at the studio. But more often than not, the guys are here or they're out on remote like they are today. Uh, but it's nice to have that studio set up where on the off chance that the guys do need to be home, they have the opportunity to do so. Um, mm -hmm. And me and Don usually record his podcast when he's home. So, oh, OK, I, yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you guys do that? You you guys do it like over Zoom or something? Yeah, we do it. Uh, he connects to the studio um, like he would any other time. And then yeah. I'm, I'm here usually by 11. We'll record sometime around noon, one o'clock. You'll notice where we don't really get to the two o'clock or three o'clock waiver news for the day because. It hasn't happened by the time we post it. Yeah. Um, and then of course we got to get ready for the show. So yeah, we'll do yeah. it around then. Yeah. I I've been uh, following Don for a while and like the game misconduct show. So like have listening to you, I was like, Oh wait, wait who's Anthony? I, I didn't know this. And then I, <laughs> I found out you were the Michael, you, you produced the Michael K show. Now, what is that? What is that like producing that show? It's, I mean, it's one of the top radio shows in the country. Uh, a lot of people love that show. I mean, I, I listen all the time. Like I told you before, when I'm delivering food, I, I talk I talk about this on the podcast all the time about my pizza, my family's pizzeria, and how I always I used to tell pizza stories all the time. Not so much anymore, but like, what is <laughs> what is that like producing that show like? It's a lot of fun. I mean, Michael, Don, and Peter, all three of them are great to work with. Um, I came into a show that was very successful. Um, they're three of the best at what they do, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, every day is an adventure in a good way. Uh, there's never a shortage of things to talk about in New York, in all the sports. Um, 
as we know, we've had quite the football season here in New York and, uh, you know, and now we have the hockey season and the Knicks are keeping themselves busy today on deadline day. Uh, there'll be plenty to talk about. And of course we're out on, uh, at UBS arena on NBA trade deadline day. And we mm-hmm. might have some, uh, just for the listeners to your, to your show here, might have some special guests that you haven't heard yet that might be popping up uh, on the show if you're a fan of New York sports. So it'll be, it'll be a fun show to tune into today, but it is great to work with them. I love, I love working with them. It's, it's never boring. It's always fun. Uh, get to talk sports for a living and get yeah. paid to do it. It's, it's a pretty, a pretty blessed to be, to be honest. It's yeah, pretty man. amazing. The guests that you guys get on are, are always great. Like you get Balak, you guys are able to get Balaket on and oh, like yeah. you, you get, you could get, um, I think you've had Mark Messier on. Yep. Uh, has James Dolan gone? I don't know if James Dolan has, but I know Dolan has the famously was in studio on. once. James Dolan was famously in studio in our old studios. That was, that's uh, right. that was quite the, about. that was quite the interview. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's, that's just thanks to our, our great partnership with MSG and our partners there. Our partners at ESPN allow us to get Kevin Weeks on and Mark Messier and John Boutregrasse and all those guys. Um, and it's just great. And these guys uh, know them for, for so long, just being in the New York market and then being in ESPN. Uh, we get to establish a relationship with them. Hopefully we can get Valley on soon. Yeah. Um, I'd love to I'd love to talk to him about uh, about what's going on uh, between the pipes, because he's been very opinionated on, on the post game and has not mm-hmm. been shy about it and on Twitter and the stats back him up as well. Yep, and his stats too, like the clear sight. That's right, CSA defense. hockey. Yeah, yep, yeah. Those are those are all good people, great people that you that you've mentioned. Like Weeksy, I, I love talking to that guy. He's he's incredible. He's yeah. he's awesome as like an insider too because yes. everything he does is fresh. It's like instead of just tweeting, like he'll take a video and it's like yep. behind the scenes, like he's just learning about it. So we get to like get in his shoes. I love that yeah. about Weeksy. Weeksy's definitely trying to become that insider for ESPN for hockey. And I appreciate it because Mm -hmm. when you have guys like Woj and Schefter and the other sports breaking stuff instantaneously, you don't want to be the guy that only gets it five minutes before the press release comes out from the team, which is what a lot of the NHL insiders do. Weeksy seems to have the pulse on some teams where he can get some stuff a little earlier. And and it's, it's really awesome. And he has a great personality about it too. So it it makes it good. And that's another thing that's going to allow hockey to get to that next level mm-hmm. and be that sport that everybody's interested in because you got to draw the interest and you've got to be interesting not only on social media but in your content and i think mm-hmm. weeks is great at that yeah uh last question for like about the k show before sure. we transition to the rangers uh the drops that you guys get how do you guys get them so quickly it's it's crazy like you hear it in one like a minute before and then the next minute it's like uh griffin from connecticut's like soundbite is already <laughs> up there how, how do you edit it that quickly yeah we have a system uh we have uh essentially a skimmer that we have that allows us to take about a minute or 30 seconds off of whatever's going on on the air and it pops up into in our case adobe audition or whatever audio software that we'll use we can cut it up instantaneously and the our, our software system it repopulates pretty quickly after that and we can get it up in about like you said 30 seconds to a minute but it takes it it takes the ear for it. You got to know what's going to be funny and what's going to be a miss. I'm still learning the pro the best way to do it. Um, but you know, like you said, when you have guys like Griffin or Richard from Manhattan, you know that there's going to be something great that they say on a given day. So it's uh, it's pretty obvious sometimes what you have to do for a drop. Yeah, yeah. Some some great great callers there. I remember uh, transitioning to to uh, the Rangers. Now I remember someone called Lafreniere got off to a really good start this year, mm-hmm. and someone was. I could tell he was trying to like he was trying to get Don to go off on a rant on, on the Rangers. Yeah, oh, 
he called Lafreniere soft. And like, if you said that before the start of the season, I would have agreed. But like now you really can't say that. Um, it was kind of funny seeing how Don like responded to that. He just, he, he told him to like get lost pretty much. And I always, I always say like, uh, Don, you have to, you have to give us a Rangers rant. Like you've ranted about, <laughs> you've ranted about the Knicks and the Nets and the Mets plenty of times before the Jets, the Giants, like you have to give us a Rangers rant. And he's like, I don't know when that's coming, man. Like, uh, man, but, but Lafreniere though, what have you, what have you thought about him so far this season? Yeah, look, I mean, I thought, I think Lafreniere has been fantastic. Um, again, going back to Valaket's advanced stats, he's one of the most unlucky players in the league right now in terms of what his act anticipated goals should be. Last time I looked, I think it was minus eight or minus nine goals expected. And we've seen those chances, Joey, you watch the games where there's a shot wide open that he just misses or an unbelievable save in that Kings game. That would have tied that would have tied it up and given yeah. them a chance to get an extra point before the break. Um, but then you know he scores that amazing goal in overtime against Colorado, and you go, "Wow, that's that's the first overall pick that we expected. That's the type of player that we expected." Um, he's been playing hard. He seems to have found a rhythm with Trocheck and Panarin, which has been great. And I think, you know, for people to say he's soft, I can see where people are coming from in the sense that he wasn't reaching the expectation everybody thought. But he also wasn't afforded the opportunities of a Jack Hughes or a Nico Heischer, where they played 20 minutes a night in New Jersey almost right away after they got drafted because that team was not expected to go anywhere. And they were going to build these two kids and be those two be the centerpieces. And it worked out for them and it seems mm -hmm. to have worked out for them. They're both great players. Kako and Lafreniere maybe averaged 12 minutes in their first two seasons. And they were sit sitting on the third line because Artemi Panarin came. And you already had Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and plenty of other guys that filled out that top six that you knew were going to contribute for you right away. Now, not saying that they don't have that. They still do. But now it's time for those guys to step up. Kako's been hurt, unfortunately. So he kind of had to take a little bit of a step back. Alexi Lafreniere has answered the bell, been that top six forward the Rangers need this year, and has been part of, quite frankly, the most consistent line they've had. Mm -hmm. Um I've been very impressed with uh with his with his play of late and of and all season. And I have no reason to believe that he's not going to find the back of the net more often than not in the second half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always thought those guys, Lafreniere and Kako, uh, since the beginning of this, before the beginning of the season, I always thought them thought of them as like secondary complementary scoring pieces when they really needed to be like those primary point getters. Yeah. They get all, most of their points are come from even strength because they get no power play time because that top unit is stacked yeah. and they get the goals all the time. Um I remember Don was saying, like, you know, maybe, maybe the Rangers could think about before, well before this season, uh, this season, um, in the off season, he was saying maybe the Rangers think about moving Lafreniere. Now it almost seems like that decision um, could be applied to Kako, who hasn't really yeah. found his game yet. I mean, since the injury, he hasn't been the same. Do you do you feel the same way? You know, Joey, I would I would disagree if <clears throat> the Rangers didn't necessarily tell you that because the way that they treat him in the sense of whenever they need a big goal, they double shift Panarin who comes off the line, Capo Caco, who seems to always find himself at the back end of the bench in the second or third period when the Rangers are down and he's playing third line, fourth line minutes, it's Caco. And Laviolette says that he's liked his game and he thought he's played well, but he seems to be the odd man out more often than not. Um, and when you take a look at what Hedo Lafreniere and Caco were going to cost in terms of giving them extensions, you weren't going to be able to keep everybody. The cap did not go up the way the Rangers expected, whether it be because of COVID, whether it be because of all of the factors that have led to the cap not being 
as high as everybody thought it would be at this point, the Rangers have to be careful with their money and they got to be careful with who they pay. And if they don't think that Capocacco is worth a two to three year, four to five million dollar extension, much like Pavel Buchnevich, they're going to have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the present moment, last year, as you know, Kako had a great goal scoring year and you thought that's the guy, as you said, they're going to hold on to. Now Lafreniere is firmly entrenched with Trocek and Panarin. Kako's still finding his legs. And unfortunately, if the Rangers don't want to give up a lot of draft capital or prospects, Kako is a piece that they can dangle to get that right winger, to get that center, to mm-hmm. possibly improve their decor. Um, so it's almost essentially, I don't necessarily think that they should get rid of him, but they're almost telling you the way they're playing him they're okay if they move on yeah yeah I see I see what you're saying but I I always I said last week that you know having that cheap middle six winger is is it's nice to have especially like with how the cap is constrained it's gonna go up a little bit I think three or three and a half million dollars this uh offseason but the Rangers still have guys that are under contract that have big contracts like uh Goudreau and Truba Kreider those guys and it's pretty difficult to move those guys and I don't know why they would do it based on yeah. how they're playing um you think they go after like a top line guy right now or improve the bottom six well if you ask the bottom six from last night Jimmy VC takes offense to that because he yeah. said that he, he likes the way that 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 bottom six has been playing um it really just depends Joey on who's on the market right like Elias Lindholm would have been a guy I think the Rangers would have been interested in and reportedly were interested in um, he's now gone. He's in Vancouver. Uh, Sean Monahan is now part of the Winnipeg Jets. Do you mm-hmm. really want to spend a ton on a guy that you're probably going to use as a rental? Like, are they going to go through another cop Vetrano rental trade deadline where they think they're competitive enough to be a cup contender and then trade away first round picks or or prospects that they necessarily don't want to part with for a guy you may not be able to re-sign? It probably makes more sense for them to go after. I would say like a Vetrano or a Tarasenko where, but it, the money, the money or the, what you have to give up has to make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be giving up, you know, Perot, you don't want to be giving up yeah. Othman or first round picks. I, in my opinion, in this trade market, I don't see anybody right now that I say you have to get this guy. Cause he's going to put you over the top. Mm-hmm. And over the last two games, the Rangers have played relatively well, as opposed to the last 24 where they've been a 500 team. They look a lot better defensively than they have, uh, in the past 24 games coming out of this break against two pretty good teams. Not saying that they don't need to do something. I'm sure they will do something. I just don't know if it's going to be that home run trade that everybody's anticipating. Plus, I don't think they necessarily need it. They have their top six. The bottom six has played well. Uh, they're not going to get a lot of scoring out of them, but Jimmy Vesey's got double-digit goals. You take a look at some of the guys, Joey, that are really buoying this team or have been real nice uh, contributors. Gustafson, earlier in the season, VC now and Jonathan quick, they'd make very little money. Um, Chris Drury has done a nice job with very little money in finding guys that are big contributors to this team. So I'm sure he's going to make a move. I'm sure it'll be for a winger. I don't think a center is going to be there. I think Johnny Brzezinski has kind of solidified himself as a guy who wants to stay in this lineup. I was just talking with the guys at WFUV up at Fordham last week saying, I don't know if he's the third line center. Well, he heard me last night with the goal with a very important goal that he scored. Um, so I could see them going for a winger or a defenseman, but I'm not sure they're going to go for that big splash. Yeah, I agree with you on Brodzinski. I didn't know if he could be like a player in the NHL, but I agree. I, I gave him credit for, you know, for sticking out all those reassignments and stuff. And, you know, he got a huge, like you said, a big goal last night. Um, 
I think if he adds a little bit of scoring, if he's able to to he's got a good shot. If he's able to score on more of those those shots that he takes, that will be a good three third line center. I would I would say. But right now, I only view him as like a fourth line player just because of his speed. Um, yeah, I think the Rangers could still make an acquisition there. Uh, but it is what we've seen from the Lindholm and the Monahan trade. Those guys are getting hefty returns, first round yes. picks, good prospects. Like this is a seller's market right now. So Drury has Chris Drury has been very good about holding on to his best assets. He's been the best assets he's given up at the deadline have been like a first round pick and like Morgan Barron. Like those are the the right. biggest guys that he's given up. So like I could see, uh, I could see like like a Zach Jones that they could give up. I don't see him giving up an Othman or a pro because I don't see no. that many good options out there like and that are worth that, that he yeah, sees that are worth that. Right. Certainly not for a rental. If we're talking about a trade that's off the wall, no one saw coming that, you know, somebody wants to move on from somebody that we don't know is on the radar and it's actually like a guy who's under contract for two to three years and you think this is going to be an integral piece to a, a team that thinks within this window that they signed Laviolette, they're going to win a Stanley Cup. Yes, I don't see that happening, which is why I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to be one of those ancillary trades. Do they try and move on from the Goudreau contract? I think they like him. I know Twitter doesn't isn't in love with him, but yeah. I don't think that that's a contract they're necessarily willing to move right now or they'll get a good return for. That's why Kako is so interesting because if he's going to be that third-line winger and it's a guy that people think, I could fix you, I could change you, and you maybe get a little bit more out of that than giving up picks or a prospect maybe the Rangers go that direction and it wouldn't necessarily kill them. I agree with you about Brodzinski. I think even the TNT broadcast last night was talking about it, saying that he would be a great fourth liner just because of his speed and the way he plays now Hardy. And remember, this is not a very fast team. Uh, This this Rangers team is not, uh, you can see it against Nathan McKinnon. They do have issues against very fast players and fast opponents. So having a guy like Brodzinski is key, Um, but he could also, you could swap him down to the fourth line and he'd still be just as effective. And it would just make that fourth line stronger. So I wouldn't say don't go get a third line center if you think you can get one for the right price, just so Brodzinski can stay there. Um, it's a good problem to have if you have too many talented people in your top 12. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. On DraftKings, they think it's going to be a close game as the spread is set to 2. Also, the over-under is set at 47.5, but surprisingly, the money line, the Chiefs are the underdogs at plus 100, while the 49ers are minus 120. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ICTPOD. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code ICTPOD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling 
resources. Yeah, as we've seen, there's been injuries this year. So if, if another one happens, you could just plug Brodzinski in there, and that's that's a good thing to have. Or if someone's yeah. struggling, like I know in the beginning of the year, they would go back and forth between VZ and Pitlick before VZ solidified himself in the lineup. But, yeah. I mean, all this talk about the trade deadline brings me to my next point about like your overall thoughts on the team. There was people mm-hmm. saying, like, all right, this team's not good enough to win because of that that rough, really, really rough January that they had. And it was really two month, a two-month stretch of mediocre hockey. Yep. What do you think coming out of the break? Very small sample size, only two games to this point as of Thursday. Um, but what have, you, what have you thought? I think the defense has looked a lot better, especially yep. against Tampa Bay. They were keeping uh, stuff to the outside. Um, little, uh, I think they were limiting the rush chances against, which was a huge problem. But overall, what have you thought about them in those two games since the break? Yeah, well, Joey, the one goal they gave up was a neutral zone turnover, right? I think it was Gustafson and then gave it up in the middle. And then, you know, Nikita Kucherov's line just does what they do, which is score goals because they're just dynamic. And that's what you saw a lot in those 24 games before the break. Uh, the Rangers have done, and and credit to Jonathan Quick as well, uh, the issue the Rangers had in those 24 games where they went about 500 was they were giving up a lot of high scoring chances and those chances were going in the back of the net. Jonathan Quick has done a nice job. He hasn't been, he didn't get overly tested last night, but in Colorado and in Ottawa, where that game could have got out of hand in Ottawa, he did a really good job of limiting those, uh, limiting the high danger scoring chances from getting in the back of the net. If the Rangers play better defense and their goalies are playing well, Jonathan Quick or Igor Shesterkin, they're going to win a lot of games. It was encouraging to see these two games because it's not like this team changed all that much. Where did that hot start go? Where was the one-three-one that Laviolette implemented so well that they were able to shut down pretty much any team that they faced? And then all of a sudden it went away. And that's a pretty big sample size. Dom's talked about it a lot. 24 games is not, oh, it's a little blip. So if the Rangers have that 24-game stretch that they had in February and Jan- uh, January and December, I should say, in the playoffs, they'll be out. Yeah. So it's really hard to pinpoint where this team is at. I think they're somewhere in the middle. I think you're going to see a little more consistency from this team down the stretch now. I'm the, I don't think you're going to see that February, that January, December malaise, but I could see a game where they get into that mode. It's it's hard not to. It's an 82-game season. But I see this team being a playoff contender. I, th- I still think they can win the Metro. I think Carolina would give them a ton of problems, but they've played well against Boston when they've been playing their best. They've played well against Toronto, and they've also lost against Toronto. Um, so I, I think that this Rangers team could beat anybody. I also think they could lose to anybody. And that's mm-hmm. that's a scary position to be in, which is why you're hearing Drury looking to try and improve this team because he does mm-hmm. think there's something missing and there is something that they could do to make it better. Yeah, and they pulled the plug on Nick Benino. Like, they, yes. saw, they saw that he wasn't as effective. They brought him in hoping that he would shore up the, the bottom six or the fourth line. And he was played out of position because of the injuries to Heedle and like Kako. So, I mean, he kind of wore off quickly, even though he was blocking a, a bunch of shots. And he was really good defensively, winning faceoffs and stuff. So they see that as, you know, jury saw this can't, cannot yes. stay. We have to make an improvement here. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see like where he goes, if he even applies that same logic to like Blake Wheeler, who, in my opinion, I think he struggled. I don't think. I don't think he's got the leg speed anymore, but I mean, the veteran presence, how do you weigh that? Like, what, how do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, but take a look at where he is right now. He's on that top line with yeah. Tim Hennishad and Kreider, right? So that's that's the other part, Joey. You're taking a look at, 
I agree. I don't think Wheeler is the player that he used to be in Winnipeg where he was scoring 30 to 40 goals a season. He's clearly lost a step. But you know what? Is he a defensive liability? Maybe from a speed perspective, he has played better as of late. I think he did get off to a pretty slow start. But again, this was a pretty reasonable, cheap contract for Drury to sign and say, let me take a flyer on this guy. And I think he's probably comfortable with moving on from him if he absolutely has to. But you have to say, who is that player that's going to take his place? Is it going to be Kako? Are we going to bring in somebody like Frank Vetrano or another winger that's going to fill that role? Because you could easily say, let's move on. But as you've seen, while the guys who have come up from Hartford have done a nice job, I don't think Offman's necessarily ready yet. I don't think they have a ton of depth, uh, NHL-ready depth at in Hartford to say, let's move on from Blake Wheeler and let's just call somebody else up. Um, I guess you could give VC a shot there, but I, I like his role in the fourth line. Um, I'm all for saying that the, we need to tend to change things up. And, you know, Peter Laviolette spoke glowingly about Nick Bonino before they put him on waivers. They really just did right by him. They mm-hmm. said, we're probably not going to be playing you. We're going to send you down. If you don't want to get sent down, we'll let you go find a home. Um, and there's value to that as well from mm-hmm. a outsider perspective that Drury takes care of his players and the Rangers take care of you if things aren't going right and you want to go in a different direction. Um, yeah, I think Blake Wheeler could be better, but again, he's making $750,000. One of Drury's under 100 million, uh, under $1 million deals has not exactly panned out. Yeah. Um, but he has played better of recent. Um, I do think that they can improve obviously right wing one. Uh, it's just a matter of how. Mm-hmm. You brought up Vetrano and Twitter earlier. Fans really want him back badly, that Vetrano. I mean, I I keep seeing, every time I go, I log in, I, I just keep seeing, like, bring back Vetrano, bring back Vetrano, announce right. Vetrano, announce Vetrano. Like, uh, I mean, I would I would certainly be a fan of that because, also, he's got two years left. This is not, like, just a rental. So he'd probably be one of those pieces you were talking about where he's got control and he's still yeah. young. He's, I think he's 28 or 29 years old. So this is like a, this could be like a core move. And I don't know if the Rangers would be willing to move like Kako for that. I don't know if that would be worth it. Well, I think that I think I think personally, I think that would be a mistake moving Kako for Vetrano like straight up, unless you're getting something else back in that deal. Yeah, definitely not straight up. I agree. Um, we know that Vetrano has, has had success here. We know that he was a great playoff performer. Those are both things that. Yeah. You wonder, does it, can a player succeed in New York? And when the lights are brightest in the playoffs, will he come through? But Toronto's checked both those boxes. So that's a guy that you know, if I bring him in, I kind of know what I'm getting, and I know that he could bring be an asset to the team. Um, that is a positive. What is the price? Which is the question that you always have to ask yourself. And like you said, Capo, Caco for Vetrano, I think Caco's ceiling is a little higher. I think you know what Frank Vetrano is. You know what he could bring. But is Frank Vetrano going to be the major difference between the Rangers making it to the Eastern Conference Final and the Stanley Cup. Not so sure. And can Capo Caco reach a level that Frank Petrano did where he finds his game again, he gets strong in front of the net, and he scores some goals for this team in key moments? I could see that as well. It's just a matter of can they weigh how much Caco's played and how much time they have before the deadline to say, you know what, we're going to give this a shot. Caco will find himself on that top line again. Blake Wheeler will drop down to line three or line four, maybe even out of the lineup altogether. And we'll see where it goes from there. But a guy like Frank Petrano, you know him. A guy like Matt Zuccarello, you know him. A guy <laughs> like Ryan Strom, you know him. But I just bring back the 2012 Rangers while we're right. at it. What's Ryan McDonough doing these days? But yeah, Callahan. You know, right, Callahan. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's also working for ESPN. But yes. you know, <laughs> you just ask yourself, um, what's the price? And 
how is it going to affect my long-term goals? Because as much as this team is in a short-term window to make a cup run with this roster, with the goalies that they have, you also have to think about, am I going to mortgage my future for a team that just went on a 12-12-1 run in the middle of the season and say one guy's going to make the difference? Mm-hmm. This team is good enough to win any series against any team. It's just a matter of how consistent they could be. And does Vetrano automatically wash all that away? I wouldn't say so, no. I still think we haven't seen the best of like Zibanejad and Kreider. I think Zibanejad mm. needs to – he hasn't found that goal-scoring touch like he yep. had in 2019-2020. If you can find that like that last hot streak within him – I'm not saying like score from now until the end of the season like that, but find some sort of confidence in his shot because I feel like he's passing up a lot of opportunities to shoot to, to oh. defer and defer to either Wheeler or Kreider. Well, Joey, I'll tell you what, if you want a nice cold take, what I would say is I wouldn't be surprised if we see 93 and 20 split up a little bit. Um, I know that everybody loves them. I know they hug after every win, and it's fantastic, and they're best friends, and that's great. I think Chris Kreider can provide exactly what he does on the top line on a third line. If Mika Zibanejad is always going to defer to him or to somebody else, he needs to find a shot again, like you said. The power play one, by the way, has struggled a little bit coming out of not only coming out of the break, but even before the break. They were passing too much. They weren't getting a lot of clean shots on the net. That's a little bit – that's very concerning. Uh, Chris Kreider hasn't scored his patented goals right in front of the net. Pucks haven't gotten there. Um, Zabanajad, people are kind of reading him like Ovechkin now. They're going to put him in – You're going to. he's going to be at that circle. He's going to try and shoot. You're seeing it now on five on five that that's where he's mm-hmm. going. He's a more dynamic player than that, but 100%. Um, and when they were struggling, it was something I suggested to Don. Do you think 93 and 20 split up? Well, Cooley has played very well. He provides a strong body. He could be that Kreider for Zibanejad's line. But again, it's kind of a moot point when Hedl's not coming back. Wheeler isn't exactly lighting it up. And Kako's been you know, injured and trying to get himself back to get his sea legs under him. If there were nine guys that you can kind of interchange, keeping that Trocheck line together, of course, I would be a little more I would be a little more willing to do this. I just don't know who would you be putting Zabanajad with. If you had like yes, Will Cooley, okay. But Will Cooley, Blake Wheeler, and Mika Zabanajad, I don't really know if that does anything for me. <laughs> Johnny Brodzinski and Chris Kreider together, that's something I could bite my, sink my teeth into. That's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but then do you put Wheeler there and you move Kako up and Zabanajad kind of is flanked by two kids? two very energetic guys that kind of get do all the dirty work and he can kind of be that guy in the middle. Like you are the shooter. This is your line to shoot. We need you to shoot or create for these guys when they have the opportunity. It'd be interesting to me. I think it's going to happen. That would be my ice cold take. Uh, but um, in my, in my mind, that's what I would like to see if those guys can't perform still, because I call the top line now, the Trocheck line to me, that's been the most yeah, consistent line I this do. year. And Again, Kreider could still be on power play one. Just putting him on the third line does not mean he's going to get demoted out of everything. Put him on power play one where he's where he's where he strives the most. If you saw it last night on TNT, Kreider had essentially a two on one, and he tried to back pass to Wheeler when he had a chance to shoot. He's got a good shot. He could have shot between the circles there and made Vasilevsky work a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and it almost led to a turnover and a goal. Um, you know, I, they're just kind of second guessing themselves. I think the confidence is coming back for this whole team, but I'd love to see it more from ninety three and twenty. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, we're at the Ice Cold Take segment. If you're listening at home, watching on YouTube, watching on Millions, the stream, Ice Cold Take is a noun, an accurate statement backed by facts and observation. Oh, look at this. I like that. That is solid in nature, similar to a block of ice, i.e. spot on claim. 
I have to submit a petition for to put this in like Webster's uh, dictionary. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they put everything in there now. You got it. Yeah, at least put it on Urban Dictionary. That too, like that. Yeah, you got to put yeah. it on there. That, that's um, where people look more anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that about you know s- splitting up uh, a Kreider and Zabanajan. But I like how you said it too. Like not just you know switch the centers because that's how I felt. I felt like just switch Kreider or uh, not Kreider, uh, Zabanajan and Trocheck. But I know you would split up that line. That's a good I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't yeah. want to. I agree. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think like Cooley, Cooley and like Kreider have like um they play a similar style and then like putting Brodzinski with Kreider, that would be like a it would be a good compliment. I would I like the idea of switching Zabanajad and Trocek because Kreider has worked well with Trocek in the past. And I feel like he plays more to his style, like the style that he needs to be playing, which is you know, get behind the net, use his body, get to the pucks first, uh, retrieve it for for everybody, the other people on the line, like for Trocek or whoever the right wing and whoever the right winger is. Um, I like that be- because he he plays to to his strengths. And then Zabanajad too. Panarin likes to distribute, so Zabanajad kind of forced to 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 shoot. But I don't know, I don't know if he would buy into his his, his shot. Well, I think that what, what you said, Joe, is a testament to Trocek, right? Because it seems like he plays well with everybody. And so does yeah. Zibanejad. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from him either. They're both great facilitators. Uh, I think Trocek does play a little harder, as you kind of hinted at, um, whereas Zibanejad is a little bit more skilled. Uh, now, granted, he – Rick DiPietro has mentioned that it's amazing that Zibanejad hasn't won a Selkie yet because of how good yeah. he is defensively. Now, he's good with his stick. He's not that hard-nosed, like, you know, rough-and-tough center. Trocek can kind of get in your face a little bit more, which yeah. is fine. But it's just a matter of – and look, maybe at some point they will because that line, the Trocek line has been great. If they ever take a dip – I mean, we've seen it. We saw it during that stretch where Trocek played with Kreider a little bit and Zibanejad was playing with Panarin, and they kind of met, shook up the lines a little bit. It would be so much easier, Joey, if Hedo wasn't out for the year Yeah. because the way Hedo played last year, you could say, I'm going to move Hedo up to that top line with Kreider, and I'm going to move Zibanejad down. Like you would have been able to do that a lot better. And I'm not, again, Johnny Brodzinski's played very well, but I'd feel a lot better if it was Hedo that I was shaking up and down than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get into my ice cold take. I have, I have two. So I think for me, Zach Jones is going to be the biggest asset the Rangers give up at this, at this trade deadline. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I know the reports about uh, Dolan, uh, James Dolan saying that he wants the Rangers to keep their first round pick. Because the the draft is at the Sphere in Las Vegas, that's his. I think it's crazy. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, but I could see Zach Jones being the guy that they they ship out, which it's a shame too because I like the player. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's not he's not like a scrub out there. Uh, he provides a lot offensively. Sure. Defensively, he could he could make an improvement. Uh, but I don't see him cracking a lineup on in on the squad like currently. I think he's. Uh, He's like in the realm of, of Niels Lundqvist from last year, where it's okay. like he hasn't carved out a role. My other ice cold take is that if Zabanajad doesn't like catch catch fire, like scoring goals, I don't think the Rangers are going to win this year. Like I, 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 the only way I see the Rangers winning this season is if he could regain that scoring touch that he he had. Like I know he's getting points and stuff. He's he's producing like a, a first line, like a top center. But it just hasn't felt the same. If you could find that mm-hmm. touch of goal scoring that he he once had, like when he scored almost forty last year, and then almost fifty in the COVID year, then I feel a lot more confident in in the the Rangers. 
Yeah, you know what? That that's a good take by you, Joey. And and I I would add this too. I think Igor Shostakin is very important to yeah. the Rangers' success here. And I know that Jonathan Quick has played very well, um, but he is 38 years old. And if the Rangers want to get to where they want to get to, they're going to need both Mika Zibanejad and Igor Shostakin to be at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. That's not only scoring power play goals for Mika Zibanejad. That's not only distributing the puck to Chris Kreider and Will Cooley or Blake Wheeler or whoever it is that's going to be on that line with him. And for Igor, that's getting to the level that Jonathan Quick is at right now. Can you stop those breakaways when we need when they need to be stopped? Mm-hmm. Can you stop those high danger chances? Granted, they are high danger, but Igor Shosturkin is one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League and one of the best players in the league at the position. He has not played that way for quite some time, and everyone knows his confidence is is something that gets in his way sometimes. When things kind of spiral out of control, he does not recover very well. Um, he seems to be on board with this reset that the Rangers have agreed to do with him. We'll see who starts uh, on Friday in Chicago. But I think that if the Rangers want to get to where they want to go, Jonathan Quick's not going to be playing 27 games in the playoffs. Igor Shosturkin yeah. is going to have to be playing a majority of them. It's nice to have Quick, and Pierre Laviolette's mentioned that. It's a good problem to have, but you also have to know who your best goalie is. And they say Igor's their number one. He has to be their number one again. Yeah, perfect way to to wrap up like this episode, like to have that last topic, and because I forgot to put it in here. It's what we do. We just tie it all together. Yeah, yeah, no loose ends. Uh, Shesterkin (laughs) and Quick, like the goalie situation. Um, Yeah. You do you think like from here on out for the rest of the season it's going to be like a fifty-fifty split, or is this just Mm. temporary until the Rangers feel that Shesterkin finds his game? Because that's how I feel. Yeah, I I agree with you, Joey. Look, I have no reason to believe to not believe what Peter Laviolette's saying. And I have no reason to believe what Igor Shosturkin's saying. He said that this was a plan. Uh, Igor was going to go into the film room with Ben Waller, one of the greatest goaltender coaches in the National Hockey League, and take a look at what's been going on and what's wrong, because there are some clear issues with his game. Uh, uh, Valaketa said it, that his glove side high is bad, and it's never been that way. Um, he seems to be tracking hard pucks really easily, and then – Pucks that he should be stopping with relative ease, he's not. That's a concern. That's either not being in position, not having confidence in where you are, and a multitude of things. Um, Jonathan Quick, and again, the, the Rangers need these games. Very quietly, Carolina has climbed themselves up in the rankings here. So they need to start winning some of these games. It was great they won these two, and Quick was a major reason for it because while he wasn't tested a lot, there were some big saves that he had to make. And I thought to myself watching, would Igor have made that save? Because mm-hmm. I don't know at the at the moment I know he can, but at the moment I'm not sure. Fifty uh, fifty, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say fifty fifty. I think over time, eventually, you're going to once again see Igor Shosturkin take over this net and play a majority of games at a point in this season. And I think at some point you're going to see him go back to who he was. Not saying he's the nine fifty save percentage Vesna Trophy winner, but a guy who you know can stop most of the shots that are in front of him, give up less than three goals a game and give this team a very good chance to win. And as you said, Joey, brilliantly before this defense has played much better in these two games. And while quick has been good when he's needed to be, that's a big factor too. And if they play that way in front of Igor in Chicago, if he plays, I'm sure that we would see a similar result where the Rangers would come out on top, giving up very few goals with Igor in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, let's hope that, that Shesterkin regains that form. Maybe not as good as that Vezina winning season, but right. good enough in the playoffs last year, let's say. Let's hope as fans that he could reach that level again. Absolutely. Uh, they have I, to. Yeah. 
I think it's a good way to, to end it here. Uh, Anthony, I really appreciate you coming on. It was great talking to you. I know you got to go. So uh, I'm going to end the stream here. All right. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it, man. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.